that next Sunday night, no service. Next Wednesday night, which will be the 12th, we will have not we will not have a service. Uh, both of those two nights, we start putting the carpet down on the 9th, the morning of the 9th. That's a Monday. They will be bringing the carpet in this week. So if you come in and you see carpet piled everywhere, um, it's not a play mountain. It's a box of carpet, but you can play on it if you want to. We don't care. But there's going to be a bunch of it. Uh, we've put down carpet in our men's ministry for sanctuaries before, and we've put down trailer loads. And this is way more than what we've put down. So, I mean, I could expect a couple of big trailer loads and a lot of boxes of it. So, anyhow, it's coming in uh, this week, and then next week we start putting it. So we're still asking for help if anybody wants to sign up to help. Sometime this week, we're going to take out these sections over here and these sections over here and get a jump start on it. We're going to leave these two sections for next Sunday morning. And everybody can sit here. And then after service that day, we have to have them out by Monday morning. So if you want to sign up and help, if you want to show up and help or whatever, just uh, knock yourself out. We also need to get the fellowship hall cleaned out, chairs, tables, and everything, because that's where all these pews are going to go until we get the carpet put down. So there's a lot of work to be done. If anybody wants to do any of it, well, be, feel free to call Pastor Marcus, Brother Gary, or myself, and we will uh, set up a time to try to get that done. We have little dollies to put pews on and roll them back to the fellowship hall, and it's going to be going to be quite a job, but. I mean, it's got to be done, and we don't want to. We don't have to pay out several thousand dollars for somebody to move pews for us. So we're going to do that. Um, also, this month, no um, heart to heart. Correct. Okay. Um, so, and then also this month, no first Saturday men's Bible study because we're not sure where we'll be at with the carpet and everything else. And the fellowship hall is going to be piled up, so we're we're canceling all that. Uh, Everything that we are going to have is on the board or in the bulletin, so um, check it out if you don't mind. Uh, reminds you that if you have offering on Sunday night, it goes in the box outside, and same thing for Wednesday night. Um, I believe on the what's the day that you, your fellows, your guys coming next, not next Sunday, but the one after that, the fifteenth, the fifteenth. Okay. All right. I was going to tell you about a missionary coming, but it can't be the 17th. Huh? 15th is the Sunday. It's going to be the 15th because that's the Sunday after the one we started. 9, 16. It don't matter. Okay, anyhow. The Sunday after we start, on the 8th is a Sunday. The next Sunday we have a missionary coming in. And we hope that we're through with everything on the floor by then and have some pews back in here by then. Anyhow. He is a missionary that we support. Okay. Okay, and, and and I will write fast. I will say um, we're probably still running low on mis not on missionary funds because we funded out of the church budget if we don't have it, but we want people to keep in mind missions. And um, if you support missions and bless them, there is absolutely a blessing for the church from God for that. And the more we do, the more He'll do for us. It's kind of like that. You know, if you give, he'll give you the cup full and shake it down and run over. Same thing with missionaries. Let's give, and then we can expect blessings back out of that. Um, since no offering today, I guess that's probably it. Brother Marcus has something he wants to say. Here's, okay, all right.
Julie? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Next Wednesday, Julie is having surgery on her shoulder. So, okay, sorry. Next Thursday, right? Sorry, I got the date wrong. But so before she worships, would you just extend your hand towards her, please? And I want to pray for her, Father. We just pray for Julia. She has sh uh, shoulder surgery uh, on next Thursday. I pray, Father, that you would not only guide the doctor's hands, but that she would recover well, that the, there would be no swelling or extra pain that comes along with it. I pray, Father, for a quick recovery and healing. And, Lord, and as we bless uh, Joey with meals, just, Lord, bless this family. Bless them for what they do for this church. And we're very thankful for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Flood, like a 
Come and move in this place, God. Let us leave change tonight, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Yes. Yes. So come and consume me. My heart is ready. Lord, if I burn, I burn for you. With no hesitation, without reservation. God, if I burn, I burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Each moment I'm living, God, if I live, I live for you. I love your presence, you're my obsession. God, if I live, I live for you. God, if I live, I live for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you.
Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you.
without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And I will call upon your name and keep my eyes above the waves. When oceans rise, my soul will rest in your embrace. For I am And you are mine. Oh, I'm your soul. Spirit, lead me. Oh, 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 Spirit, lead us. Can we sing that one more time at the bridge? Just softly. Spirit, lead me trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander. And my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Like the Lord is saying to somebody, I love you with an everlasting love. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? I love you with an everlasting love. Do you trust me? Father, we choose right now to go deeper with you, to do the things that you've called us to do tonight. That, Lord, we want to go where you want us to go. We want to be your hands and feet and your mouth that you speak with. We want to be that person, Father, that leads others to you because the time is short. Father, we want to be those people, so we just say yes to you tonight. We say yes in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. Amen. You may be seated. Um, hold off on the notes. Just give me a second here. Thank you, Jesus. Give me a minute here. I, I know God wants me to talk about this, but I gotta find it. It's been a while since I've read it. I know where you're at. Come here. <laughs> Somebody help me with this. Remember the river in Ezekiel? Um, where you go ankle deep and, and waist deep. And I've got to find it here. I know where this is what God wants me to speak on tonight. So this was not in my notes. Um, somebody find that for me. Help me find that. <clears throat> Is it 47? Amen. There it is, the river. I knew it was somewhere. I thought it was 48, and I kept passing it by. Yeah, go to, go to Ezekiel 47. I feel like this, this is what God wants us to hear tonight. We're going to read verses 1 through 12, and then we're going to pray. Thank you. Who found that for me? Thank you. <laughs> All right, Ezekiel 47, verse 1. <clears throat> 
The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. <clears throat> he then brought me out through the north gate and led me, out, led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, his, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. He measured off another thousand cubits, uh, cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was up to my waist or up to the waist. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? <clears throat> he then led me back to the bank of the river. When I arrived, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. He said to me, this water flows towards the eastern region and goes down into Arabah, where it enters the sea. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Swarms of living creatures will live where the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Englem. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the great sea. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for the salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. Let's pray. Father God, you're in a mighty God, and you're awesome, and you're wonderful, and we thank you that we're in the house tonight together, gathered together in your name, that you have spoken to us, and you're still speaking to us through your word and through the move of the Holy Spirit. God, I pray that our ears will be opened and our hearts enlightened and our hearts enlightened to the move of the Holy Spirit, to Jesus. Jesus, open up the eyes of our understanding. Give us revelation and knowledge of your word. Lord, help us to not only understand it, but to put it into practice. To, Lord, not be drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. God, give us divine appointments and understandings of how to share the gospel. And Father, as we learn tonight, give me an utterance and understanding to share with the congregation. You do what you want to, Lord, through me. I'm your vessel. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Have your way in this service tonight. In the name of Jesus, and everybody said, Amen. Thank you for finding that scripture. I know it, but have you ever had one of those moments? You've read that scripture so many times, and then you forget where it's at. I really feel like tonight, as we were worshiping, God just kept dropping the scripture in my heart. And I think it goes along with the prophetic word here that we need to be ready and willing to be open to the move of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit won't do anything that's contrary to the word of God. They work in concert with, any, with, with each other. So let's start verse 1. Here Ezekiel's there, and it says, The man, an angel, brought me back to the entrance of the temple. Here's the temple. Where are we at right now? In the temple. What are we, if you're born again tonight? The temple of what? 
the Holy Spirit. Jesus said that what would come out of us when we get saved? Rivers of living water would flow from us. Think about that. You are walking rivers everywhere you go. You can either be a river or you can be a marsh. And then it says that I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple towards the east. Do you know the east, the eastern gate is where Jesus is going to come? He's going to stand on the Mount of Olives. It's going to split in two and there's going to create a great valley. And I don't know if you know this, this is true. I've shared with you. How many of you guys have looked it up that God's name is appearing on the eastern wall in Jerusalem? Some of you guys have looked it up. Go look it up. It's true. The vines that grow naturally on that wall have spelled out the words Yahweh in Hebrew. They read from right to left. The last letter is now growing in. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. The Holy Spirit moves from the altar. When revival happens, it's usually at the altar. When it happened at Broken Arrow Assembly, when I was taking Berean School of the Bible classes, it happened at the altar. People heard a bang, and people ran to the altar. The altar was filled with people crying in repentance. Every great revival starts with prayer and a move of the Holy Spirit and people running to the altar. And uh, I think it was Jonathan Edwards, and, and understand this at that time when he wrote it, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. <laughs> they needed to hear that. You know, thankfully, we, we get, you got to have a healthy fear of God and God also shows us his love, Right? And uh, so in that sermon, when he was, he was just reading it, could you imagine if I just stood up here with my head down and read something to you? It has to be the move of God if people are falling on the floor, crying out for salvation because they didn't want to go to hell. That's a move of the Spirit. So the water flows from the altar. Where's your altar with God? You made one with him? Verse 2, he then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east, and the water was flowing from the south side. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits. Now a cubic, cubits is 18 inches, about roughly 18 inches. So just do the math. I, I don't have my phone with me, so I can't do the calculation, but you know, 18 times 1,000 is how much he measured off. And it says that he measured off 1,000 cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. I bring this up because a lot of people come into church in a Pentecostal church that we believe in the move and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But when it happens, they get scared. Or when it happens, they don't know what to do. And some of them are just ankle deep. Some of you may just be ankle deep tonight. And yet God has so much more for us as a church and as a body of Christ. We get scared because, oh no, what's going to happen? What if somebody prophetically speaks something over my life that I don't want anybody to know about? Share a story with you. When John Sheesby, he was a, born in South Africa and 
got filled with the Holy Spirit and lived over here in the United States. He shared a story that one time he was at a church service. And I don't know if I've shared this already, but you're going to hear another story again. But he said that he was standing there and he was... He had a line of people come forward for prayer, and he was praying, and all of a sudden he began to pray stuff over this man, and he began to pray things like, God's going to bless you, and you're doing a great job, and God's using you, and all of a sudden one guy pulls him aside and said, hey, I need to have a talk with you. And he goes, what, what? He goes, don't you know that this man is committing adultery on his wife? And he goes, yeah, but God told me to pray that over him. Now, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Why would he pray that over him if he's living in sin, right? See, it got really quiet. I'm looking at everybody's face, and they're like, what is he, what's, what's pastor going to say now? That man ended up going home, getting right with his wife, repenting of his sin, and doing right things for the Lord. That's how the Holy Spirit works, and we're going to look at that in this passage because I don't think this just means for future things in the future temple. I think it also means for us as individuals that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God wants to flow His water through us to touch those that are hurting and that need Jesus that are all around us. But the only way that you can do that is you've got to get a little deeper into God. If you're ankle deep, that's all you're going to get. Verse 4. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was needy. Somebody want to do the math? Do a thousand times 18. Somebody do the math for me. How long is that? 1,500 feet. 500 yards. That's five football fields. No, that's 100. Yeah, I almost messed up on my ass. I like football. <laughs> That's five, that's five football fields. That tells me that's a big distance of how many people are just ankle deep. But he measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. I used to go fishing when I, as a kid and I'd get in the water. Ever been knee deep? And you're hot and it's summertime. Eventually you just get tired of being just ankle deep and what do you do? You dive right in. God wants us to dive right in. I know this is God because I don't normally come up with stuff in my brain like this. He measured off another thousand and led me through water that was waist deep. Again, how deep are you in God? You're as deep as you want to be. You are as deep as you want to be in your relationship with God. If you're ankle deep, that's as far as you want to go with the Lord. If you're knee deep, that's as far as you want to go. If you're ankle deep and waist deep, that's as far as you want to go. I'm speaking to myself too. How far do we want to go in our relationship with God? Verse 5, he measured off another thousand, but it was a river. How many of you guys want to flow with the river? And, and we can't even cross it. Because the water has risen and was deep enough to swim in a river that no one could cross. That's the move of the Spirit. Hold your spot. Let's go to the day of Pentecost. What happened there? You all know this scripture? Man, I've been living here three months and I'm saying y'all again. <laughs> Prodigal son has come home. <laughs> Acts chapter 2, verse 1, look what it is. 
Look what happens. They waited 10 days. One of the things that we have a problem with is we don't want to wait on the Holy Spirit. The church has gotten too quick. We have so many other things on our mind, things that we want to do. And I really think it comes to time. Time's our biggest enemy. I like what Joyce Meyer says. Is, are you scheduling God around your schedule? Or are you scheduling your schedule around God? Where's God on your timetable? Where's God on my timetable? So they waited 10 days. Jesus' mother was there, Mary. She was part of that group. Jesus, his mother, got filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Where are we right now? We're all together in one place. Suddenly this, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now there's certain uh, symbolic things within Scripture. Oil represents the Holy Spirit. Water represents the Holy Spirit. Fire represents the Holy Spirit. Wind represents the Holy Spirit. Do you ever get a move of God and you can sense it and you can feel it? Smell it? Yes, I've smelled it before. The Rose of Sharon, I remember one time we were praying together and I smelled roses and everybody could smell roses. That's the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit. When uh, Todd Smith, if you ever hear about Todd Smith, it's just, he uses water baptism as a, God, that's just a means by which God uses to heal people, but you know, I've been water baptized. You don't have to keep getting water baptized over and over again, but there's times when God uses something. And when I went under the water, I could smell oil. And it wasn't the oil from everybody that had dipped in the water. It was the oil, you know, that anointing oil that you can smell. And it was so strong that it smelled that way for a whole day. Verse 3, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, not some of them, not a few of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the word filled means full to the brim. You know, just like a, a gas tank, now they got these electric cars, and I'd like to see how those go, and like, they've already had problems with those in wintertime. Do you know it feeds those electric cars? It's a whole other thing, coal. <laughs> I'm sorry, I pastored in coal country, so I root for the coal guys, you know. God made coal, and it's good for you. <laughs> I got one amen out of that. But all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The Holy Spirit has to do it. It's something that we can't muster up. It has to be a fresh move of God. And the way it comes is by prayer and fasting and prayer and fasting and prayer and seeking God and asking. We want a fresh move in our church. We want a fresh move in our nation. We've got to pray. We've got to seek Him. The problem is, is we got too many other distractions. We can't give up. I liked what... My friend shared this last week. If you missed Wednesday night, you missed a good service with Timothy Groves. And I like what he shared about John Wesley. How many churches was he kicked out of? If you do a study on that, it's true. And the final one he preached, it was thousands that showed up in a field. God can move. Don't quit. Don't give up. Your miracle could be right around the corner. Don't give up. Keep praying. 
Keep seeking God. Go with me to Acts chapter 12, or Acts chapter 19, I'm sorry. Why am I looking at all these Holy Spirit passages that we all know so well? Because God doesn't want us to just be ankle deep and knee deep and waist deep. He wants us to get in the river. The Apostle Paul, he ministers to 12 people. God can use you for 12 people. God can move in, in, with 12 people as much as he can with 100 or fi, 200 or 1,500 people. There's churches that have 1,500 to 5,000 people and God's not moving there. I just read David Wilkerson's prophecy to the Assemblies of God that he wrote before he passed away. And I read it, we read it last night. I read it to, the, to my wife's grandma and to my wife and Aunt Tim and he talked about the accommodating gospel that if we weren't careful, we'd get into entertainment and the accommodating gospel that says if, if, if we just do this, people will come. If we just do that, people will come. And I'm not, there's nothing wrong with doing certain things. But that's not what saves people. What saves people is the power of the Holy Spirit preaching through the Word of God. Now again, there's nothing wrong with those things, but if those are the means by which you're using, are people really getting changed? It has to be a move of the Holy Spirit. And he prophesied that over them. Sometimes when it's a hard word, people don't like it. Do you know the gospel offends? The gospel offends. How many of you have loved ones that get offended every time you bring up the gospel? Do you know why it offends them? Because they're convicted. They really are. They're convicted. They know what they're doing is wrong. And yet God convicts them. So don't feel bad about that. Jesus said if he, if he was persecuted, you'll be persecuted too. So look at here, chapter 19, verse 1. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Remember the Ephesian church? There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, No, we... We have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. How many Christians have been serving God and don't even know the Holy Spirit? You know, He's not just a thing. He is the third person of the Trinity. He is God. And sometimes we treat Him like He is a candy machine. And like He's not even God. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. We, we get the Father God thing right. We get Jesus right, but we forget that the Holy Spirit's God too. He's to be revered. And then they said this, verse 3, So Paul asked them, well, What baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him. That is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So they were water baptized at that moment. See, we talked about that this morning. There had to have been a lake somewhere. I mean, I don't know where they were in Ephesus, but evidently there was some water somewhere, and they got water baptized. Verse 6, when Paul, look at this, when Paul placed his hands on them. Guys, when you place your hands on people, do signs and wonders show? 
And you're saying, but pastor, that's, that, that was in the Bible. That doesn't happen. Yes, it does. I was just talking to, you've heard me share this story, but I was talking about this the other day. About the little boy when I was in the intercessory prayer room when I was a kid that had surgically implanted hearing aids. And they had pulled him out and they prayed. The grandparents, every now understand this. Sometimes God doesn't always work right then. It takes time. They prayed every Sunday for a whole year. And sometimes we want it now. And they prayed. And they prayed, and I was back there praying with my mom. I'm so thankful for a godly mom. She would take me back to, God was training me as a little boy how to pray for people. And I remember sitting back there, and they, the grandparents, I still remember this. I still rem, I knew this kid. And he, they just began to weep because they started snapping their fingers and talking, and he could hear them. He could never hear before. All he could feel is vibrations. And when they got the tape and played it for the church... Remember the old cassette players? It was just past a track. My dad had an a track player, so I'm old enough to remember those. And uh, they played the tape of the doctor getting saved because the little boy grew brand new eardrums. <clears throat> Paul places his hands on them. The Holy Spirit comes on them, and they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. Not only did they speak in tongues, they begin to prophetically speak. Prophecy is of the Bible. Now, we're supposed to judge prophecy. The problem is, is that people have not been judging prophecy correctly today. So you got all these people that are calling themselves prophets, and they're not being judged. Discern. Paul talks about 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, chapter 13 is the reason why we do it. The reason why I'm up here is because I love you guys. Seriously. Your gifts should be out of love, right? If we're doing things to make ourselves look better, that's not out of love. It should be for the kingdom. Man, people are going to hell in a handbasket. I had to say that. It just sounded cool and I've heard it and it's, it fits, but it's true. I'm sorry if I made up, but it's true, guys. They are, and we need to take it seriously. You and I have the answer that they need. But how many of us are so tied up with our own priorities and things that we're doing, we're not thinking about the people around us? And you may say, but I don't know what to say to them. You can say something. Yeah, you may not talk a lot, but that's okay. Sometimes talking too much is bad. <clears throat> See, I'm coughing already. <clears throat> now look at this, verse 7. There were about 12 men in all. Listen, these 12 men were important to God. This wasn't some big, huge revival. There wasn't 40, 50 people here, or 100 people, or 3,000 like on the day of Pentecost. 12 men. <clears throat> there were 12 of them. And yet God thought that it was important to minister to those men. It may just be one person that God uses you to minister to this week. And that one person's important. You're important to God. So if you're important to him, aren't the other people important to him? Even that person that's a sinner. Let's go back to Ezekiel 47. I'm sorry if I'm beating up on you tonight. I'm <clears throat> not meaning to be. Now look at this, verse 5. 
I want to read this again. He measured off another thousand. But it now was a river that could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to, sw to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. This is the wonderful thing. It's like he's showing them. This is what the Holy Spirit does when he moves. I want to show you what the manifest presence and the fruits of the Spirit are when God pours out on a church. This is what happens. Look at this. <clears throat> when I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. There's life. There's life on the side of the river. You can always tell that when you go on an airplane, when you're flying, where there's a river because there's lots of what? Trees. Then he said, verse 8, he said to me, this water flows towards the east region and goes down into Arabah, where it enters the sea. Now the sea that they're talking about is the Dead Sea. They're talking about the Dead Sea. Does your living water flow into the Dead Sea of where you go? Is life following you? Can people see the life and the trees and the fruits coming from your life and where you go? <clears throat> Look what it says. When it empties into the sea, the water there becomes fresh. Hallelujah. I got goosebumps saying that. Do, do we bring fresh water where we go? Uh, do we bring fresh water to the world? Where, listen, the world is like a big river. <clears throat> wide is the path that leads to destruction and narrow is the path that leads to life many find the path that leads to destruction but few find that small path that leads to life and you and I have that path and we're feeding fresh water into salt water bringing life to a dead sea God's bringing life to a dead sea Maybe you got a family that needs life brought back to it. Or you have friends that need life brought back to it. Or a town or a city. How about our nation? Listen, I believe God can move in our nation before he comes back. Why can't there be a revival? Why can't there be a great awakening? <clears throat> Look at verse 9. Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. Now there's all kinds of different types of living creatures. <laughs> there will be a large number of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. You have living waters bubbling up to eternal life inside of you, inside of me. When we go places, again, does it bring life? Do we bring death or do we bring life? Do when we walk into a room, do ever, does everybody go, oh no, there they are, run. <clears throat> the only reason why people would run for me is because they're probably afraid I'm going to talk to them. <clears throat> Excuse me, I didn't mean to cough into my throat. But look at this, verse 10. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to en England. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the great sea. Jesus called Peter what? I will make you what? Fishers of men. You and I are all fishers of men. He's called all of us to be that. Fishers of men. Do you know what 
is interesting about uh, Smith Wigglesworth? How many guys know who Smith Wigglesworth is? Do you know what his main job was in life? He was a plumber. But this is the guy that when his wife died, he prayed that she would come back to life, and she did, and she got mad at him. <laughs> he called her back from heaven. He, there's, these stories are true. I mean, these are stories of a man that had strong faith, and man, I don't know if I had faith to bunt, uh, punt a baby across the sanctuary. There was a, a story, a baby wasn't breathing, and the parents brought it to, now, today we would be in jail, that would be abuse, but I, probably even back then. But they brought the baby up, and they're, they're not breathing, and God told him, punt the baby. Now, that's faith. You've got to be close to God to know what he's saying, to take a baby, and please don't go bunt, punt a baby. But he punts a baby, and it landed, and it started breathing again, and nothing was wrong with it. He talks about people with tumors in them and punching them in the gut and them coughing up tumors. These are true stories. These really happen. God has called us as fishers of men. And just because you're not a preacher, just because you're not in full-time ministry, doesn't mean you're not in full-time ministry. You are in full-time ministry. God uses you where you're at. You're retired, you got places to go. You can sit down and drink a cup of coffee, or if you don't like coffee, you can have tea. You can go to the sewing place. You can go to the harbor, uh, you know, the wood place. I, I don't know, I mean, I'm thinking of it, Lowe's, you know, or Home Depot, or wherever it is. There, you know, you got Atwoods now, and, and, and Tractor Supply, wherever those places are, whatever you like. If it's hot rods, right, I like hot rods, and, you know, or if it's airplanes. God can use you wherever you are, you are at. I want to share a real quick story. <clears throat> I've been praying for my dad for a long time to get saved. And when I'd share the gospel with him, he'd get irritated with me. I don't know what it is about family members. Just they, he would get annoyed. So he asked me to go down to Riverside. Anybody know where Riverside is up in Tulsa? Anybody familiar with Tulsa? So Riverside is over by Oral Roberts University. And there's an airport over there. I grew up on that airport. I learned how to drive on that airport on the taxiways because my dad works with airplanes. And his friend Jim had a hangar out there. <clears throat> well, one day his friend uh, uh, Dave Monquist asked him, and he, if he watches this tonight, he may know. But uh, his friend Dave Monquist invited him to come out or actually was paying him to work on an airplane. So my dad invited me to go along with him. So I'm sitting there and, you know, I'd been trying to share the gospel with him. I'd been praying for him. And all of a sudden, Dave just sits down in the chair. He goes, hey, Dave, uh, hey, hey, Thayer, talking to my dad. Hey, Thayer, you know all that bad stuff you, you've told me about? If you died today, would you go to heaven? Do you know Jesus Christ? He flat out spoke the gospel. I'm thinking in my mind, yes, they are, maybe, maybe, maybe he's going to get saved today. I'm just sitting there waiting and waiting. And he just stood there. He didn't accept that day. But God used somebody to plant a seed that God's going to water. And I believe it's going to complete, come to full fruition. Listen, we may not see this side of heaven who we reach for the kingdom. I, I've shared with you, but the man Alfredo that I met at the Best Western, when we first moved out here, we had to stay in the Best Western. And there was a man sitting out by his car. And he started to talk to me. And I just stood there, and usually when that happens, of course, I had all the luggage, you know, my wife's there, and, 
She knows me by now. When I start talking, she just goes, come on, Brianna, help get the luggage, which is not good on my part. <clears throat> so I'm standing there, and this guy begins to talk to me. you got to look at those cues. Ask God for discernment and wisdom to look for those things. You're going to make mistakes. Don't be hard on yourself. I still make mistakes. So I'm standing there, and before you know it, I'm sharing the gospel with him. And I lead him to the Lord right there. Never, I, I've never seen him again. But I had an opportunity. To lead, I still remember his name, Alfredo, because I remember the Alfredo sauce. I, I try to remember everybody's name, but I still for, am forgetting some names, and I'm trying. But name association, right? So that's how I remember his name. But God, it was an open door for him to come to Christ. That's the living waters. <clears throat> How about laying hands on somebody that needs healing? Well, God can't use me. I'm not the preacher. Yes, he can. <clears throat> How many of you guys know who Priscilla and Aquila are? I'm sorry about the throat. God used them in the scripture. <clears throat> Dorcas in the scripture. God used her. God can use all of us. If you're right with Jesus, it says a righteous man or righteous woman. You could add woman in there, even though it, it, that's what it's referring to, all of us. Your prayers are powerful and effective. But you have to believe it. That's living waters. It's flowing waters. That's operating. How about in church? I did this one time, and I've done this a couple times. I'll teach on prayer, but then I'll break everybody up at the end into groups to pray for each other. The problem that we've got in our mindset is only the preacher can pray for me, and he's the only one that can do it. Listen, I'm not the one that heals. Yes, am I a spokesman? Yes. But God can use it. And one guy one time was praying for a job. I prayed for him two or three times. Nothing had happened. I broke him up into small groups. And they prayed for him. That next day, he got seven job offers. You guys are just as capable as I am, and I am just as you. Whether that's grammatically correct or not, it just means that God can use anybody he wants. He's not a respecter of persons. I think I've shared this, but when we lost our daughter, Madison, we were in the hospital, and, you know, they had put her in a little freezer in the maternity ward and we were up on the floor you know all these emotions are going and Mark Rutland anybody know who Mark Rutland is so Mark Rutland he pastored he was the president of Southeastern Assemblies of God University and when I got ordained he spoke brother Cargyle had invited him to come speak at our ordination ceremony up there in Oklahoma City and he spoke there well, it just so happens that that day that we lost our daughter, so he had an impact on my life. His message was very powerful. Well, he had become the president of Oral Roberts University for a couple of years to kind of straighten some things out there. And while he was there, when you're in the hospital, the Oral Roberts came up on the TV screen. And he was talking about healing, and I'll never forget this. And I don't know why this sticks with me, but it's the one I've already shared with you, but I want to share again. Here he is. He's having a revival service. Well, before the church started that evening, his son said, Dad, Dad, I, I really want to go out and play on the playground when we're done. Can I go play on the playground? Yeah, yeah, you can go play on the playground. Well, the service started. He has a healing service. People are coming forward, and there's a lady that's blind. 
She has such thick glasses that she can ever, barely even see through those thick glasses. And his son comes up and he says, tugs on his pants, says, Dad, you said I could go out and play. Just a minute, son, just a minute. No, Dad, you said that after church I could go out and play. And he goes, okay, well, wait a minute. If you want to go out and pr play, you, you pray for this lady. She needs to see again. So this is what he did. Jesus, heal this lady so I can go out and play on the playground. Can I go now, Dad? Yeah, you can go. All of a sudden, the lady goes, I can see. God used a child, simple, like childlike faith. He's like, I believe. God, heal her. I want to go out and play. <clears throat> Look at verse 11. <clears throat> and we're going to close. But the swamps and the Martians will not be fresh. They will be left for the salt. Which one are you? Are you a river? Or are you a marsh? Do, do we leave bad stuff behind? Or do we leave good stuff? And, and I'm speaking for myself as well. So I could say, do we? We have, the only person that can answer that is you, and the only one that can answer is God. God, if we're a marsh, make us like a river. You know, you can be a river, but if you dam up that river, it can become a marsh. I used to play in one when I was a kid. I cannot believe I ever swam in that lake as a kid. I'd go crawdad fishing in it, but once they dammed it up, it was a nice, clean lake, and then when they dammed it up, cattails grew. And it became a marsh and smelled. Verse 12, fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Does your fruit leave healing and lead to healing? It can. Do you guys mind one last scripture I've read before to you? And then we're going to close. Go with me real quick to Mark 16. I read this a couple weeks ago. Todd Smith, who I was speaking about, he said they'd only baptize one or two people a year. They had a very big facility. He said the church across the street was growing and he got in a fight with the other pastor because the other pastor was stealing his sheep. And he had some anger and bitterness over it. I remember him sharing this story. And he said it was one of those deals. And he said finally he just got to the point where he, began, he, he, he did a 21-day fast in prayer. And as he was walking up on the stage, he saw the baptismal and he saw God showed him a picture of fire on the water and God says... I want to use you in this. If you'll use the water, I will change lives. Well, at the end of the 21 days, nothing happened. And he just went, okay, I'm done. So he, he wrote out a resignation letter, called a board meeting, grabbed his resignation letter. He's sitting there with it, and all of a sudden he gets a phone call. And it was an Assemblies of God pastor now Todd Smith was Baptist that got baptized in the Holy Spirit. He's a Baptocostal. 
And he's sitting there, and his Assemblies of God friends said, I was praying for you last night, and God told me to tell you, don't quit, don't send in your resignation, I'm getting ready to move. So he grabbed his resignation letter, slid it across back at the table, and said, I guess we're not doing anything today. They had a baptismal service that week, and people got healed. In fact, a state senator, I think from Alabama, who had cancer throughout her body, they showed this screen picture of her. She had cancer everywhere throughout her body. She got to the point where she couldn't even walk down the street. She heard about what God was doing in that church service. Got into the water, came out, and they showed this cat, cat scan, and there is not a, not a trace of cancer in her body. That's living water flowing. If we want Lone Grove to be a church that flows with the move of the Holy Spirit, we not only need to be open to it, but we need to start operating in it. We need to start being, start revival starts with us individually. And that's something that I can't decide for you. Can I tell you something? Do you know it's not the pastor's job to grow the church? It's not. Do you know what my job is? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says he gave those five-fold ministry to equip you for works of service so that the, the body of Christ may be built up to reach unity. My job is to equip you. Your job is to get sheep. Your job is to get sheep. And how does that happen? By the move and the flow of the Holy Spirit. So do you want fresh water? Okay, real quick. Go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes will be and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those that believe. In my name they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. Amen. I'm clapping along with you. So I got a question to ask you. Do you want to be a living river that, that touches people around you? I know it's late. And I know you got work and you got things to do tomorrow. But I'm going to ask Julie can, and Dennis, can you guys come up and sing a song? She, you're not going to sing? <laughs> I want to open up the altars. Now listen, I'm not here to force you. That's not what I'm doing. I don't want to make you feel condemned either. That's not my job. And I'm not here to be a motivational speaker either. My job is to preach the word and let the Holy Spirit work on your heart and you respond. So do you want to be filled? I will pray with you, but I want to be filled too. So I'm going to invite you tonight. This might be the spark of revival. I don't know. I'm not God. But if you need a fresh move of God tonight, I want to pray for you tonight. If you want to go home, that's fine. That's all right. Don't feel bad. Don't feel guilty about it. I'm not here to make you feel that way. God can move as much in your room and in your house as he can here. But if you want to come forward and get filled tonight, hey, there's nothing wrong. Who knows what God, God can give new knees. I need some knees. We need some knees, right? Yeah. God can heal hurts. He can heal hurts of, I, I've noticed something within the ministry that 
God will often do something in the heart first before he'll do anything physically. He'll do something with the spiritual heart and bring healing. So as they begin to sing, I don't know what you're going to sing. I'll leave it up to them. I want to invite you up here, and I want to pray for you tonight. If you're up here for five minutes, that's fine. God can fill you in five minutes, and he can fill you in 20 minutes. And if I leave and you're still on the floor, that's okay.
Fragrance of heaven, pour your spirit out. 
Thank you for coming tonight. If you want to stay in his presence, you're welcome to. God bless you. These are the moments that we want to just let the Holy Spirit continue to work in your life. This is just, we take what we experience here and we take it with us outside the doors um, and reach those that need Jesus. So bless you. Have a wonderful night.